Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Thanks to our sponsors, Beckett Media, BGS, BAS, and all the different Beckett entities under Beckett.com. ComC, formerly known as Check Out My Cards. Burbank Sports Cards, 43 million cards for sale. Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, the place to be in Aurora, Colorado. Heritage Auctions started out with coins and have expanded to so many other things, including purses and jewelry, but especially sports collectibles. Nobody better. I'm not saying they're the best, but I'm not aware of anybody better. Huggins and Scott, completely different auction experience, but a lot of fun nonetheless. Uh, I, I use both of those services. And then there's Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, the major card companies who have the licenses in the four major sports. Today, my guest again is Rich Klein, longtime friend me. and colleague. And we're going to talk about 89-90 hoops basketball. Rich, you we started a basketball magazine in 1990. Just before I got before down. Before you got there. And it's because, partly because of this set and other heating up. Football heated up first. Basketball was right behind. So we'd started the football magazine. We then, <laughs> basketball was next. And then hockey, I think, was later on. Correct. Hockey shortly about, thereafter. About six, they're in about but it was six-month period. About because six it period. was, because basically there it was just a, a you know, a, a, a tidal wave, a tsunami. And so the basketball magazine was necessary because there was enough of a dynamic element within collecting basketball cards, just like there had all, pretty much always been with baseball, but then football and then basketball, because of before that time it was just it was it had been tops in the old days, and then it was star for a little while. And then when Fleer came back in 86, 87, that got things going. But it wasn't immediately hot. If I have stories about 86, 87 Fleer, uh, stories that reflect poorly on me of not me seeing the, we the, the all, bright future. Every, every but, person has stories on 86, 87 Fleer of not buying the boxes at $10 a box. Exactly. Well, I, 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 I'm going to save my story for when we do that set. But yeah. it's, I assure you my story is even worse than that. But 8990 Hoops brought the competitive element, which I like, of hoops was against, not against, but they were they were in the marketplace with another product that that uh, that, that was not FLIR. Tops came in later, Skybox came in later, but it was but hoops as the as the new kid needed to be better. They needed to get attention somehow. And they did a great job, but they also caught a break in that David Robinson, because he had been drafted two years earlier, was eligible for a card because he was technically already a professional or could be considered a professional. And they had showed him with his jersey like in a press conference, and he's in the packs. And it's the first time in a long time, I think since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when he was known as Lou Alcindor, had a rookie card in his rookie year. And that just really exploded because Robinson came out like a lot of basketball players do 
if you're really good, you'll be good as a rookie a lot of times. You don't have to develop three or four years in the major leagues. You're a superstar. You're usually a superstar immediately. Well, he was a Naval Academy, and so he had had a term of service as as an officer in the Navy. So he was a professional, but not a professional basketball player. But I guess he was released. Apparently, he couldn't fit in the submarines. Yeah, and the (laughs) other thing is that also... By that point, uh, the armed services said, if you've got a guaranteed professional contract, we can reduce your five-year commitment to two years. Roger Staubach is a five-year commitment, and he honored the five-year commitment. In today, Roger Staubach would only have to do a two-year commitment. And the funny thing is we were just sitting, talking as you were beginning. My first memory of 89-90 hoops was how you could see the cards through the wrapper. You could see the card. So if you had a David Robinson on, on the pack, you would actually see it. So you could say, unopened pack, David Robinson on top or on bottom. And it wasn't a particularly tough card. No. It was I number mean, I, 138. I 138, right. And it, it just, uh, why wouldn't he and Fleer? Probably because they were waiting for him to actually play. Remember, everybody else would, you'd play your season and then you do it. Hoops realized they were, I think Hoops was the official card of the NBA the first year, and they probably had permission to do that, and I'm clear may have had permission, but just said, like, Tops did in 89. Well, perhaps you're not a member of the Player Association until you play your first game. I don't know, but I don't remember that. Did they come out about the same time? Yes, they did. And At so, the beginning of the season? Or? Just remember, ProSet has rookies yeah. in 89. ProSet doesn't, you know, maybe, and maybe that's score, doesn't ha- score has rookies in 89. Tops doesn't have rookies in 89 until the trade is set because they're not right. used to putting rookies in their rookie year. In the set, and I suspect it was pretty similar for Fleer. Do you feel like right at the beginning, uh, the hoops had, uh, because it was brand new, uh, it was the new kid that, 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 that it immediately caught fire because Fleer had gotten complacent, perhaps? Fleer had probably gotten a little bit complacent. They're doing several sets, but in, in addition to that, the hoops design is a nice, simple, basic. Yeah. Design. It's an attractive enough design. If I remember, it's like, you know, a white, you know, a, a player photo, a decent sized player photo within white borders. E, you know, your condition stays strong. It's got the Robinson card. They eventually produce a high number series. I think there's a Pistons card at the end of the set with an right. interesting variation. Right. They also cover a lot of the player moves, you know, in the set, so did Fleers, but then the high number set, I believe, has a bunch of Timberwolves in there and Orlando Magic players in there. Well, if you're the if, official set of the, you, you, you want to make it more of a living set, but it also was a living set in the sense that the, the Robinson started getting counterfeited. Isn't how, that amazing? How, when did that happen? I mean, that's, that's that, not that the was kind almost of living immediate. set we want. That's you almost immediate. That was, you know. And, it, it and be, they're distinguishable. They're very distinguishable. just... You know, magnify it. Yeah. You can see that it's the, it's a picture of a picture. And if you remember in those days, people were counterfeiting the new cards. You could count, I mean, some were better than others, but the Mattingly rookie, the Strawberry rookies, they were all heavily counterfeited. You know, so it, that problem has thankfully gone away to a large extent on the new cards. Now you get a new card. I get a 2019 card. I don't worry about it being counterfeited anymore. Well, it'd be a base card unless right. you're doing something very sophisticated and, and uh, putting in some serial numbers, and then you eighty nine ninety hoops was not followed by another winner. 
we'll talk about that another day, but it's amazing how some of these brands can get off the mark so well as 8990 Hoops did with so many rookie cards because of the pent-up situation there. And then the next year, they print just as many or more, and it doesn't do as well. And that happens quite a bit. That happens quite a bit. 1996-97 Topps Chrome Basketball was, from what I heard, officially offered to dealers. The dealers didn't want it, so it ended up retail. And, of course, they printed it in lesser quantity than you expect retail for a basketball product. So every so it became so popular, every hobby dealer then scooped yep. it up. The next year, every hobby dealer and, their, and everybody wanted it, so they printed much more copies, and then sure enough, the, the demand slackened, plus the rookie class was nowhere near as good right, as 96, right. 97. And that happened to hoops too, to some extent. They, you know, they caught the hobby boom. They're printing more. Everybody wants it, and all of a sudden, well, everybody wants it, but no, you know, the end users don't need it as much. There's no real excitement mm-hmm. coming out of the low number packs like there were the previous year. The rookies were all done the previous year. Well, so so there was some wisdom in going after eighty nine ninety hoops. It was a a. a a, a brand new set, a brand new brand, the official card that had some distinction. One of the other things I'm remembering now is that the NBA or the Players Association or whoever was in charge there sent me some media cards. Do you remember those when they were I patterned? Uh, They're patterned the, after, they did after that for the, after three, the hoops. They did that for about three or four years. Yeah, they did that for a few years, and I, I had some of those. I just had you know a sprinkling of them, but... But they're you know really it's, it's tough. Ernie Johnson's rookie card they're you know who's really this uh, iconic announcer now, but that's one of the one of the cards uh, I hold on to and really enjoy. But it, again, it was a hoops type thing, and I don't remember if it was eighty nine or ninety. Maybe they started that in ninety, but they they uh, and I think they gave them out to the announcers. They to, do, and, and they're limited. Out. Craig they're, Sager had a few. Yep. My friend Ed Rendell in New York has some. I've got a couple that he sent me signed. Mm-hmm. They're really cool. Right. And he does Fans for the Cure, which is a nice charity organization, using his contacts to raise money. I believe it's prostate cancer. And But those cards have a price guide value, but they're legitimately price guide value because they're legitimately they're tough, they're they're legitimately tough, tough yeah. cards. Yeah, I mean, unless somebody showed up with a whole bunch of them, because generally with printing, you don't print one copy of something, but... If you let the presses run, and they're not distributed in an, in, a, in an unusual way. No factory sets for eight nine ninety. No, In fact, I can't think if anybody had a factory set, maybe until Topps did a factory yeah. set the first year. Yeah. I can't think of anybody who did a factory set, you know, in terms of basketball for a long time. I think basketball never really had the same factory set cachet that right. baseball had, that football would have beginning in... 87, I mean, I think there might have been a couple years before that, but I know 87 was the first year of their major uh, factory sets. Well, we're, uh, you and I are purists. I think we like opening packs and the not knowing what you're going to get. And back in those days, without contrived scarcities, you could open a box and get, I suppose you could have a good chance of having a... You'd have a good chance of getting a lot of the set. And, you know, if you've got 10 cards in a 36-count pack and you've got yeah. 300 cards in the set, you might, if, you you might finish close. the set or be you real close. close. Yeah. 
Well, we're, we're close to the end, Rich. We we're, we'll do another episode in, in, a, in, a, in a, uh, tomorrow or the next day. But uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We'll, uh, we'll resume our conversation tomorrow. Thank That's you. That.